0: What do you do with some pillowcases that were given to you from your grandma? You know? I made little um, stockings out of them. There's more thought. and when you I think when you have things like that, um it's not something that you will easily just, oh, well, just put away, put it away and buy something new. you know It's more conducive to keeping it and cherishing it and even passing it on to your kids.
1: Welcome to episode 12 of the Unalike podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us today. We've got lots to catch up on. We've got lots to talk about. I am joined with Natalia Bonner, my co-host, and Natalia, we are into the first week of November. How are you doing so far?
2: I am doing great. As you can see, it's still warm where I live. Cold is coming, but we're still enjoying the sun while we can. Is it cold up there?
1: Yes, we're freezing. We had a storm move in over the weekend. We have more snow and I am in sweats. So I think it's safe to say winter, winter has arrived. You know, we'll have those random warm days that come here and there where we spike and hit the sixties again, but no, no, we're not wearing tank tops (laughs) anymore.
2: Well, I'll enjoy it as long as I can.
1: (laughs) Hey, I loved everything about last week's episode. I loved catching up with you. I loved talking with Clint and learning a little bit more about him and his story. What did you think about everything he had to share? I mean, I, I was shocked to find out that you babysat him, but but that had to be really cool for you to find out what he's done all these years later. It was
2: really awesome. I really did enjoy that interview, but I have to tell you my favorite part, and for everybody who hasn't taken a minute to watch last week's episode or listen to it, I had heard Clint play the drums before, but that performance that he shared with us was amazing. He is so talented, and to watch him and see that he's using his feet and both arms and blindfolding himself was pretty incredible, don't you think? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, I'll never forget that watching that part and seeing him blindfold himself. So if you are just tuning in today, you didn't have a chance to listen last week. You do yourself a favor, go back. You got to watch the YouTube version. You can listen on iTunes or wherever you listen and and it's fun and he sounds great. But in order to appreciate what we're talking about, you've got to see him blindfold himself. I promise you will not be disappointed. Yes. So, Natalia, what have you been quilting this week? I know that that keeps you busy.
2: Yes, I'm always busy. Quilting is my favorite thing. But I actually this week quilted this fun quilt um, for Vanessa Gortzen of Lella Boutique. She's a fabric designer, and I've quilted many of her quilts over the years. But this one was super fun for me because it's more of a geometric type quilt, and she asked me to do a lot of straight line quilting, which includes machine quilting with rulers Those of you that have followed me know that I love machine quilting with rulers. So this was a really fun one. And the reason it was so much fun, we're going to share both versions here, but I've actually quilted two of the exact same quilt for Vanessa, and she wanted them quilted similar but also different. So it was really fun for me. I felt like it was a real push on my own creativity to have to do that you know a lot of times if I quilt two of the exact same quilts then they'll either be quilted pretty similar or else completely opposite styles but with this one it was two similar styles so it was a lot of fun to machine quilt this awesome it's called mountainside this really cool mountainside quilt
1: wow that sounds kind of like a challenge do you have pictures of both quilts yes
2: I do so we can see them both here they're really awesome and a lot of fun
1: to quilt you just mentioned that you are quilting for somebody else. And that was the question I saw this week. Do you still custom quilt for people or have you kind of gotten away from that? So this
2: is a question that I really am hesitant to answer because it's, when I started quilting 13 years ago, kind of one of the reasons I started quilting was because I wanted to be able to have my own quilts done in a timely manner. And I I didn't want to have to wait a year or years to have my quilts quilted I wanted them back in a timely manner and as the years have gone on I've been able to keep up with that and to get my clients their quilts back pretty quickly but I would say over the last about two years as I've kind of transitioned into teaching more I really my time quilting for clients has become so limited that at this point my turnaround time is way longer than I really even want to admit to like a long time and so because of that I'm not currently taking any new client quilts you know there are some that obviously I will continue to quilt in the future but right now I'm not taking on any any new quilts and it does make me kind of sad to even say that because I've loved quilting for my clients and so many other clients but Right now, I'm really my focus is pushing towards education and teaching. So,
1: yes, that's my answer for now. (laughs) I think that it's I probably a little bit of a bittersweet question and hard to answer because the reality is you've done so well with it that you've you've become that quilter who has that backlog and and a busy schedule. But but it's wonderful, right? It's a wonderful problem to have that you're so busy. Yes. So I I get it. I understand that. Everyone knows I don't quilt. But for those of us (laughs) who do quilt and we are looking forward to the tutorials, or maybe we're thinking about buying a long arm or doing this ourselves, uh, hey, there's great tutorials that we can be tuning in for in the meantime.
2: Yes, absolutely. And when I'm saying this, you know, I won't be quilting as much for clients in the future. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue sharing the videos and sharing the tutorials. What it does mean is there's going to be more classes and more of all of that kind of stuff because that's where I'm focusing a lot of my time and energy on those things. And trust me, we have some amazing things that we've been working on. Brad is making me like bite my tongue so hard because I want to announce my next class, but he's making me wait till January. Those of you that have followed me know that this is a problem. I often announce classes before he thinks that I should. So yeah, I'm waiting until January to announce what's coming next.
1: Speaking of spilling the beans, I saw that Facebook live that you did the other day when, well, I, let me just say, I don't think you did it. I saw the Facebook Live that Brad did when he snuck in on you while you were quilting. And, yes. And in fact, I think you were working on that giraffe quilt that we talked about last week. But uh, that was pretty oh, yeah. funny to see I him was. I, sneak in. Yeah,
2: yeah, he definitely thinks he's funny when he sneaks in. And he gets so excited about, you know, he's the one that responds to all the emails and everything like that. And he's always so excited when he sees names pop up when he does those live videos and he's like, oh, I recognize her. We email. So I think he has more fun with it than than anything,
1: but they are fun to do. My neighbor, I have to tell you this story. My neighbor is a um, customer and she, well, so we walk together in the mornings and, you know, we, she doesn't know that I know you, right? Like just, whatever. So we're talking and I end up learning that she's a quilter. And I say, oh, my sister's a quilter. And she says, oh, and and, you know, like everybody quilts millions of people quilt. But I said, yeah, she lives down in, you know, and I, I told her where you live. And she says, oh my gosh, is her name Natalia? And so she Immediately knew who I was talking about. Cannot believe that you're my sister. Cannot believe I know somebody who's famous. Cannot believe that I know the person who wraps every single orange package. And this is what I want to tell you. She said, my favorite part is that they send these packages in the mail. I love the orange envelopes, but my favorite part are the little orange gummies that they put inside the orange. And you know what I'm talking about? Um, like orange fruit, gummy fruits and, uh, So I think that's a fun touch that you do. I know that pairs and plays off of your logo. It kind of looks like an orange slice. And it was fun to talk with her and to find out that she's a customer, that she watches your tutorials all the time, that she has ordered from you, and that the little touch, the little detail, the extra fruit inside the gummy candy, you know, sets your package apart from all the others that come in the mail.
2: It's the little things though. I love including that. So my logo is an orange slice. So we include orange slice candy in every order. And it's just the little things. And it's so funny. It's one of Brad's favorite emails to receive are the comments about the candy and how we have some clients whose husbands will race them to the mailbox so that they can eat the orange candy first. So (laughs) it's a really fun thing. And we really do appreciate hearing that you guys like the candy too. (laughs) <laughs> it's the little things well
1: shout out to brad for doing all of the shipping and handling and the behind the scenes work i know he's a huge part of the piece and quilt company and it is something that's kind of fun to watch to see him hop on facebook and do those videos with you yes so i want to uh, actually tell you another well i want to tell you a story about something that happened at my house that involves my husband oh okay This relates to, I I mentioned we're into the first week of November and I, I guess to set this story up, I want to first ask you a question and I want to ask all of you at home. This is a question I'm looking for survey results. I need everybody to weigh in on this. So the question is, when is it okay to put up the Christmas tree? You know, Halloween just ended and I feel like that's the question everybody asks on November 1st. Is it too early to put up the tree? Natalia, what's your answer?
2: My answer is it's not too early. I think Christmas trees should go up on December 1st. I mean, November 1st, sorry. But I have a child that has a November birthday. And so ever since she was born, my husband, Brad, makes me wait until after her birthday. And then it can be Christmas time at our house.
1: When do you put yours up? My birthday is December 21st. So... (laughs) What do you think I should do? You just have a Christmas
2: tree. Brad's a December birthday too, and he has one.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he always ha- would have a tree up. No, I don't know any different. And I know everybody who's watching who has a birthday in the month of December, you all feel the same way I do. We don't know any different. Our birthday is always at the most wonderful time of the year. And so we uh, consequently think our birthdays are the most wonderful. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so back to our survey. Stay- staying on track here. Uh, I have always been a really big believer that trees do not go up until after Thanksgiving and I practice that every single year okay I believe I'm that following November is for giving thanks I I believe that November is for uh, being grateful and remembering I, I, ju- I think that it's a month that's easy to overlook but in reality the whole concept of giving thanks, is one that this world could use a whole lot more of. So I think it's important to not forget November. So
2: I do agree with you that November should be being thankful. But I also feel like, at least in my home, the Christmas tree brings in like this feeling of comfort and joy and like peacefulness. So honestly, I really enjoy having my tree up for a little bit longer because I feel like I sit there at nighttime and I'll just turn all the lights off in the home and just have the glow of that Christmas tree. And it's like the most peaceful feeling to me. So that's kind of my reasoning besides it's a lot of work. So let's enjoy it. That's because you
1: live down there with all those palm trees. (laughs) Maybe. You got to pull a tree out because you've been looking at palms for 11 months. (laughs) That's probably true. Okay. So when I married Dustin Fulmer and when I entered into this commitment of a relationship with him. I entered into a relationship that would be founded upon the Burr month, September, October, November, December. This is this man's most wonderful favorite time of year. He did make that known while we were dating. In fact, we met online and that was a part of his online profile that the holidays are his very most favorite part of the year. And I remember reading that and thinking... Oh, well, I love the holidays too. This will be great. No, this man takes it to a whole new level. Okay, Decorations and celebrating and going to parties and events. And then at the core of it all, having a home that is decorated over the top with every single Christmas decoration, and then you never want to leave because it's so cozy. And all of those things you just described that your tree brings out, the coziness and the glow and the feeling of peace and happiness and like, everything's going to be okay in the world. Mm
2: -hmm. And I
1: think that we do feel that as we pull out the holiday decorations. So I've been thinking about it for a whole year (laughs) and didn't feel any differently. But then I went on a walk. So I walk. Let's just say that's a thing. I I walk in the mornings in my neighborhood and walk with some of my neighborhood girlfriends. So a a different girlfriend, not the long arm quilting girlfriend, (laughs) but a different girlfriend told us that on Halloween night, while her husband was downstairs handing out candy, she was upstairs in her bedroom putting up her tree. And we kind of laughed at her. And then she said, no, you guys, it's a brand new tree. I just bought it. It shipped, it delivered to my house. It came that day and I was so excited to set it up. And it's not a big tree. It's just a little pencil tree. And when she said that, well, then she showed us some pictures and she's decorated the tree with all white lights and white ornaments and burlap. So it's a very neutral feel. There's no Christmas colors in there yet. It's just white and green. And being that we do live in the mountains, I looked at that picture And she had me. I thought, I'm going to go home right now. I'm going to surprise Dustin. We're going to buy a pencil Christmas tree because then it doesn't, it's not a true Christmas tree, right? It's not big and fat and huge. It's just a cute little petite, innocent tree. And we're going to put it in our bedroom. That's awesome. So did you put it up? It's up.
2: Oh, my gosh. I am picking my jaw up off the floor right now. <laughs> that's so
1: awesome. I know. I knew that that would shock you. That's so funny. So, so this is the justification. There's no ornaments on the tree. It it's just and it's a flock tree, so it's got a little bit of white on it already. Uh and and then the lights, and that's it. We well and we put a couple little decorations on the floor, but um It's kind of like our cozy corner in our, and we rearranged the bedroom so that we'd have this corner open for the tree. It fits perfectly. And because it's a pencil tree, truly you guys, it's like 18 inches around. So it's not taking up a big space, but every night this week, we've turned on the lights. We plug them in at bedtime. Well, not at bedtime, like when the sun goes down and I cannot tell you how magical that room feels when you walk in and you see the Christmas tree across the room, not because it's dressed up and it looks like a Christmas tree, but just because of the ambience that the lights and the tree itself provide. Absolutely.
2: I love that you have a tree up. I'm going to tell you really quickly about my Christmas tree because this might blow (laughs) your mind. So growing up We, everybody knows now, we're sisters. We always had a very formal Christmas tree in our living room, and it was decorated very nice, and it was great, and our mom's probably, yes, and our mom's probably going to be so mad when she hears what I'm doing this year, but (laughs) it's okay. (laughs) So ever since being married, I felt like Brad and I, we've been together a long time, and I felt like we've never had our own traditions. We've never had something that was just ours that we did with our family and we did with our kids. So a few years ago, we got the idea to quit doing Christmas, traditional Christmas, and travel. So we've taken our kids on several different vacations over the last few years, and it's really been fun, and we've spent great time. We've spent Christmas at Legoland. You know, we've done these different things for Christmas time, and it's been a lot of fun. And we've always had a fake tree. That's just been one of the things, maybe that was our tradition. Last year, I was done with the fake tree. So we threw it away and we actually went like to a tree yard and picked out a live Christmas tree and did all of that. We had to trim the tree, you know, actually cut out branches and do all that stuff. And it was so much work. So a couple of weeks ago, I was at Costco and, you know, they have all their Christmas stuff all set up. And in the middle of their Christmas stuff, they have this aspen tree with no leaves, nothing. You know what an aspen is? Oh, it's all (laughs) white. It's this... It's this white tree, and it has white lights on the end of it, and it has no leaves, nothing. It's this tree with branches. So I bought that tree. Kind of like a Charlie Brown
1: tree, but it has white branches instead of brown branches with no pines. Yes.
2: No needles. No pine, no needles, nothing. So our Christmas tree this year with our untraditional traditions that we're creating is going to be an aspen. And I'm letting my kids decorate it however they want. Brayden's already decided it's going to be the Nightmare Before Christmas on his (laughs) portion. So we're going with it. And I'm so excited to just do us and do whatever we want. We don't have to have the perfection. We don't have to have any of that. We're going to have fun, and we're going to enjoy our weird things. So (laughs) pretty soon, I'll put it up and take a picture of it. (laughs)
1: I can't wait to see it. Mostly, I can't wait to see how the kids decorate it.
2: (laughs) It's really going to be something.
1: I like that you're making it your own, and I like that you're coming up with your own traditions. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> well, I'm really excited to uh, to introduce this week's guest. I had so much fun talking with her and I cannot wait for you to hear her story. We had a chance to sit down with Kat from Sage Hill Cottage. She is a Danish designer and decorator who is bringing an old world feel into her Rocky Mountain home. I had a chance to sit down with her earlier this week. Here's a look at what she had to say. Kat, so good to see you. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing really good. How are you, Chriselle?
1: Good, doing good. I love that we're dressed the same. We both had brown on our mind today.
0: I do too. It looks good. (laughs) Likewise.
1: (laughs) So we're excited to catch up and talk with you. You've got a great Instagram account and followers from all around the world where you talk about being a mom, being a wife, but also about being a homekeeper, a DIYer, and creating a beautiful space.
0: Thank you, thank you. It's fun. It's been fun to kind of see the journey and to see um, years ago where I started was just a little blog, um, Newlyweds. Um, it used to be called Katarina's Creative Corner. I thought it was a way too long, complicated word. So we changed it to Sage Hill Cottage. We moved here into our own, um, our, our forever home, where I actually could take a a nail and hammer to the wall and do some fun things. So,
1: <laughs> how did this all get started? You said it it started when you were a newlywed, and what kinds of things were you talking mm-hmm. about back in the day?
0: Okay, back in the day, it was simple DIYs recipes, and it was geared towards the focus of it doesn't matter where you live, it's how you live. And I try and do that throughout my whole life here in the states. I'm not from the United States. Um, I grew up in Denmark, and my family um, moved across the Atlantic Ocean a few times in my in my youth. Um, I primarily spent most of my childhood in Denmark, learned the language, um, a whole life over there and then when I was about 17 years old we came here um, and so just trying to implement those things that I love and the heritage and things about that into what I do here uh, at St. Hill Cottage. So.
1: Tell me about life in Denmark.
0: Denmark is known for the happiest people in the world. They are lovely it's the land of fairy tales. Um, I grew up in the in the birthplace of Hans Christian Anderson, who is the fairy who is the author of Little Mermaid, Thumbelina, The Snow Queen. I can go on and on. Um, and so I always had that kind of a fairy tale castles in my backyard. Like it was just the most magical place to grow up, incorporate those kind of things into um into their everyday. Yeah,
1: it sounds very romantic. It sounds like the childhood dream that every little girl in the world has, but you grew up living it.
0: It really was.
1: Yeah, it was. It was great. What are some other things about Denmark that you missed? I would imagine that the cooking is amazing.
0: Yes, the cooking. So you hear the word Danish, Danishes. Yep. True, authentic, delicate pastries with all sorts of delicious sweets. And um, something that Denmark's also known for is the word smorgasbord. Which oh. is like a plethora of things, and that's actually technically it's a Danish sandwich, open-faced rye sandwich with all sorts of meats and cheeses and, and accessories and all sorts of things. So that's also something that that Denmark's known for. I'm a fan of both Danishes and smorgasbords. So yes, yes, very good.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a place I need to mm-hmm. visit.
0: Yes, it's wonderful.
1: It really is a great place. You have been known for saying, it is not where you live, it's how you live. Tell me about that.
0: Yes, so um, I think it's really important when you see these Instagram accounts that have all these beautiful photos of these, you know, these picture worthy magazine-worthy photos and you think wow, I can't do that, but that is not true. Um, it starts with yourself and how you live. If there's something that you create like a little vignette, if there's a um, like a, a family room and you love your family room, the way you've you know, decorated that, it's about how you live. It's not where you live, it doesn't matter. Um, for me, we lived in this little storage unit facility as newlyweds and uh, I felt pretty limited um, to what I could do with the, with that little place, but I made it our home. And I think that's important for people to see is it's not so much, don't focus so much on the outside. When you do focus on the inside, your home's gonna become beautiful no matter what um, what it physically has to offer.
1: I think that's beautiful advice. It reiterates no amount of money can buy the things that are most important.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So tell us a couple of things you've done in your home to to make it, to follow this philosophy and this principle of not where you live, but how you live.
0: The little DIYs that I do, one of my favorite ones has been my Christmas stockings. Now, um, I love Christmas. I've told my family, when I die someday, I want you to make sure that on that headstone is a Christmas tree. So they know, the <laughs> world knows that Katerina loved Christmas. Um, it's these homemade Christmas stockings that were made out of my husband's, like, antique pillowcases. We got these, these pillowcases from his grandma um, when she passed away. And it, they're so beautiful. They had little um, embellishments on it. They're white, some uh, embroidery. What do you do with some pillowcases that were given to you from your grandma, you know? And and those kind of things I want to bring into our everyday make them special. And so I made little um, stockings out of them. I made a stocking out of them for each one of the kids. So whenever we bring those out, we think, oh, Grandma Gailey, you know, we always think about her. Um, those kind of things, even uh, for Christmas, I don't usually put traditional things on the Christmas tree, like you would go to the store, I will find my, my grandmother's old antique um, glasses, and I will put them on the tree. Like I will put things that um, create memories and kind of shows who who we are how i am as a person rather than you know going and buy something that's store bought so i think that you can find so many beautiful little items to incorporate that into what you have for your home so that people can see well there's more thought and when you i think when you have things like that um it's not something that you'll easily just oh well just put away put it away and buy something new you know it's more conducive to keeping it and cherishing it and even passing it on to your kids. I'm a very sentimental person. So that's probably why I do that. But um, I know there are people that have reached out to me that said, oh, thank you for sharing that DIY on, on the, the grandmother stockings. I've been missing my grandma today. I wanted to find a way to, to, to bring her into my home again. And, and now people, it helps people think outside of the box.
1: I have more homemade pillowcases than I can count. And it's because I come from a long line of seamstresses, but you've just given me mm-hmm. the best idea in the world for these pillowcases. I And our followers know that I've been married a couple of times and it seems like each time I remarry, mm-hmm. my grandma makes yet another set of pillowcases. And right now my daughter is using one on her bed, it, but it's everything you just described. It's half uh-huh. white. It has lace uh, on the edge and, and uh-huh. Like she's hemmed it with lace. And I think it's beautiful. And part of me thinks oh, I really shouldn't be letting my daughter use that. But then on I, the know. Other person, I think, but it's going to
0: just stay in the
1: cedar chest if I don't pull it out.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And there's a story. There's a story with that. When you make that into the simple little you know stocking you can show your kids when your kids grow up and have their kids look this is mine and this is made from you know great grandma made it I'm sorry about that <laughs> um but yeah just so glasses so on the christmas tree i love that what else
1: is on your christmas tree
0: this year i'm doing something totally new I'm i'm incorporating some items that i already use the ribbon or you know the the ornaments and things like that but I'm going to be using my my grandmother's my Danish grandmother's Christmas plates they're Danish they're called they're from Royal Copenhagen porcelain this is also very famous from Denmark and I'm gonna be putting Christmas plates blue Christmas plates all over my Christmas tree so it's gonna be very out of the box but I'm gonna be able to look at those those, um, I've been wanting to do this for a few years. I'm gonna look at those plates and think of um, how can I teach my children their heritage and their ancestry? It's through bringing in simple things like this, um, what they can see and it becomes magical for them. And I feel like they will have a, a tie to Denmark, even though that they might never ever speak the language because um, there's a, such a small percentage of people that speak Danish in the first place. So
1: that's a really beautiful tradition. I love that idea. What do you do for some of the other holidays
0: to bring Denmark to America? Uh, so Christmas is a very big deal in Denmark. We don't have Thanksgiving because it's not, you know, there's no Plymouth Rock and pilgrims are things. Right. We do the Easter egg hunt. We actually, my family, um, we we don't focus so much on, they, my children actually don't really have a relationship with the Easter bunny. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, they, in Denmark, it's not a, it's not a thing. Um, it's more about the 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 resurrection and and, and the purpose why we actually celebrate Easter. Um, so so that's what we focus for that. Um, a tradition we do have is is a birthdays. Um, for birthdays in Denmark, you always have Danish flags. They're very proud of their flag. Yeah, just just simple little things. Nothing nothing too. Crazy that my children don't feel this is such a foreign thing to them. Um, yeah. But we also incorporate food. The food, I do the Danish food a lot, <laughs> and they love it. Um, one thing that we do in the summertime is my, my children love when I make this thing called Jørberghol. Which is a strawberry porridge, it's a it's like a strawberry compote that you you cook it down. It's a strawberry soup. My children call it. You sprinkle um, uh, sugar on top and then lots of cream on it, kind of like the Danish version of maybe peaches and cream. It would be with strawberries cooked down. Sure. It's delicious. It they sounds love it, so. amazing. I mean, you
1: had me at sugar, but then you added the cream and it was a
0: yes. <laughs> Yes,
1: exactly. (laughs) so good. The the pictures that you post, I I mean, it's clear that you live in a beautiful home. It's very elegant. Uh, What are some tips that you have for somebody who is just getting started, maybe feels overwhelmed and has no idea where to start?
0: So I would say um, the very first thing is to figure out what your style is and what you like. I think a lot of times, for example, when you are a newlywed, you get a lot of presents. I don't know how it is nowadays, but I've been married for 16 years. And back then it was, we couldn't just read, you know, you can register, but it's not how it is now. They'll hand you a gift card, you know, (laughs) um, we would get lots and lots of presents. And it was like, what do we do with this stuff? It's not exactly my style or whatever. Um, I would say the first thing is to see what kind of style you are, go on, go on, uh, Pinterest and go and see and make a little board and see, OK, and just start saving the things that you like. And once you have all those things in your little folder, go and see if you can find a theme. Oh, I love white kitchens. And so because you keep pinning all these white kitchens. Oh, I like um, tufted furniture. So so kind of see see a pattern with that. And then you'll have something to go from from there. Um, it doesn't have to be something expensive. Um, you can do. You can start small. You can go to the um, like the thrift store is a great place to find some things, or save up for something that you really really love, a staple piece that you know will be transitional. I think the second thing I w- I think that's important when you're just starting out is to um, invest in pieces that are timeless. And when I mean timeless, I'm thinking. Don't think trendy, think if I could find it in a house that it was a hundred years ago and they still have it in the house in 2020, I know for sure that that tufted chair, it's not gonna go out of style. So likelihood that I'm not gonna fall fall out of love with it is very, very small and find timeless pieces. It's the same thing that I did for when we designed our house. If I can find it in a house that was a hundred years ago, I'm good to go. So I saw a video, and you shared this over there on the page.
1: But I I sat and watched, just mesmerized. You put together a time lapse because you just recently did. It wasn't remodeling, but you you did a little bit of an update, and I was just in awe that a mm-hmm. DIYer did this. I'm going to let you describe it, but you did it completely on your own. There's no husband in this video.
0: And I was so impressed with myself as well. I have to <laughs> okay. say, I went ahead. So when we when we build our house we went and did the basic things that we could do, you know, it was still a custom home, but we didn't go and do all the, the extra um, embellishments like texture to the walls. And in texture, I mean board and baton, I mean ship lap, any kind of a pad, wood paneling, the white wood paneling that's so in, um, I would say in style now, however, it is a timeless thing that you can find in Homes in the 1800s that they would do this. So, what I did is I incorporated some board and batten and as well as shiplap to my walls. And this was some items that could be delivered straight to my door. I didn't have to go to Home Depot and be afraid of driving the daddy's big truck and taking it out there. And um, so, it was just everything was delivered to my door um, and it went up very easily. It was a, there were several steps. Maybe four, but they were now we have to do caulking for every single line here and that takes its time, then you have to move, you have to go through the right process in order for it to turn out. The way it is, but it has made such a big impact on the home and that's something that you can do a simple builder grade home is you can just start adding this kind of um, uh, paneling to the walls and it takes it up that much. it takes it up a great level. And I love that level.
1: (laughs) The before and after results are stunning and amazing. You have just debunked the myth that we need men to help with these home DIY projects.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we don't. I think if you are intimidated by the DIY, it's probably because of the power tools. And I was also scared of that myself. But I asked my husband, I said, okay, I know I have to use these tools. Show me how to do it real quick because I can do this. Like... I popped out for kids. Like I can take a, I can do this stuff. Like after he showed me how to do that, it was so simple. And I didn't have, that was it. Like I didn't have to have his help again. He just showed me how to do it. So I think if you have somebody to ask, ask them and and you can totally do it. You can totally do it. Okay, so let's ask one more time. Where can people find you online? They can find me online um, at Instagram, which I always, I'm always posting every couple of days, if not every day, it's at Sage Hill Cottage. And then I also have a blog that's tied to that. That's also sagehillcottage.com. Um, and I usually will elaborate on the larger projects. So I actually, am going to be posting this week, a, a tutorial on how I did these walls in my home, and it will have all the details and photos and things. So if you want to check it out.
1: Okay, so for more information anyone looking to dress up your home to uh, maybe do some projects on your own cat uh, is definitely the person you want to talk to and you can visit her over on instagram. cat thanks so much for taking some time to stop by today, it has been fun to catch up to learn more about your Danish background and to take a sneak peek into your home.
0: Thank you Chriselle. have a wonderful day.
2: Oh my gosh, Cruselle, I love that interview and I love the way that she's going to decorate her Christmas tree this year. All of her unique ideas from the eyeglasses or plates, all of those things it makes me
1: so excited for Christmas. I know the absolute best ideas. And I it, yeah, I have to just say the Simple little things she is doing to bring Denmark into her American home are things that are going to make her children grow up and always remember Christmas in their mother's home. Such unique ideas, right? Yeah, absolutely. So inspiring. Yeah. Thank you, Kat. We loved catching up with you and appreciate you sharing all of those ideas. And thanks to all of you for being here with us today. Thanks for tuning in, listening and giving us a little bit of your time. We'd love to hear from you and hope that you'll comment below and don't forget to subscribe and to like all of our videos so that you can get future notifications. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. See you later.